What am I doing? Doing sweat equity? Uh, yep. That is it. I heard about a guy that one podcast where his dad was like, you know, fell off a roof, you know, worked on an AC or something. He's like, that was my moment. That was it. Like, I can't do this. Yeah, definitely. I think there's something to say for on-site management, but <laughs> it's just, there's no real excuse, but my excuse is <laughs> that, you know, labor's been, labor's been a challenge. Uh, and at the depressed old mill town, there's just uh, not a whole lot of get up and go on the on the proletariat. Mm -hmm. The proletariat, the definition is only turning out babies. It doesn't necessarily mean your workforce. I don't know how I get co-opted, but I think it just means that stock that just turns out cannon fodder. Yeah, uh, but it ain't there yet. My neighbor, he's taken down a couple of, of these old shells and he's like attending all the meetings where they won't, uh, where enterprise uh, money concerns or development companies want to turn these old mills around. They're just yeah. Big hulking structures with no windows. And I guess they either turn them over to industry as some kind of drone decoy that's pursuing this thing in Great Falls. But he spent a, some money on a feasibility study for like elderly residences and he had shrubs drawn on a architect plan. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's real money. I think Duke Power, that, that whitewater thing is like 65 mil being put in it. Wow. So uh, it's going to be something. Yeah. But all that rain flooded it up, man. There was a bunch of water in the Catawba. I can, I, I guess last year was pretty dry, but it wasn't this year. And those, I mean, have you experienced that? Uh, these, the original material uh, was just heart pine, five and a half inch lap siding. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. They just slapped some masonite, this 12 inch masonite lap siding that's cardboard basically. On the outside, yeah, they, they took just, off the six. They just went right over it. Oh wow! And put crappy vinyl on the soffits and fascia. Yeah, that's sad. It's yeah, like, why'd y'all do that? And let's see, I never experienced carpenter hands. Have you? Do you have those up there? Like people or like your hands? Carpenter ants. Oh, carpenter ants. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I have those are them. wild, man. Yeah, like a big ass lumbering totally jet black machine mm -hmm. destroy destroy some wood do they eat fast yeah oh yeah do they need a water source do they go back down to i think that's the thing is like termites need wet wood i don't think it's carpenter ants don't the carpenter mm -hmm. ants just tear it up <laughs> you wake them up you start cutting in the wood and they're like what's going on there's no like urgency what are you doing here man yeah but yeah kind of peeling back the crud and kind of seeing the beauty of it but uh i went up with a um well the reason i fell off the ladder we were going up with a front overhang i'm gonna put a, a deck in an overhang but yeah I'm, I'm over it you know it's just the thing that 
was right there at my feet. And he's like, you can go do this. I'm like, all right, I'll go do that. Uh, mm. But it t- totally. And then I got the one guy who's over there now who I found at labor ready. He's turning into being pretty good. Actually shows up with his tools. He's thinking, I think anybody with a truck and halfway decent work ethic can do pretty good around here. Which, and yeah. that's exactly what happened. Couple, an old couple pushing a, <laughs> a lady kind of shepherding a man, an elder gentleman in a wheelchair, a motorized wheelchair down the road for a stroll. They, they tried to, uh, you know, engage us for work on their place. So, yeah. I mean, I'd, I think it would happen if you were, if you had that persuasion Yeah. to get in the manual labor game. But yeah, like the voice inside of my mind is like, this is not high level. <laughs> this is not <laughs> yeah. high level deal making, not my finest hours. But well, like I seeing the to... transformation, right? Yeah, it's fun. It hits the mm-hmm. dopamine. Feels good. How high? That's he's always pushing that. We do those dopamine related tasks, and it feels good. Yep. Cut the grass, paint the house, look at it, walk away satisfied. Yep. Ah. Um. But I hate you did it, man, because that sucks. That sucks. Just a hairline fracture. Four six weeks. It's my duty. Just a fresh wound. I'm invincible. <laughs> well, you know, that's. You're like, man, I'm a shell of what I once was. That wouldn't have <laughs> happened up since I was 30. So, um, you got any fires you want to share? Uh, shit. Yeah, we're doing this punch list on this new house. We're, we're finishing up. It's been a, it's been a doozy. The tree um, hit? The tree hit, yes. I mean, new kitchen, new bath, new bedrooms. Like the whole, you know, west side of the house is all brand new, uh, which is which is cool. You know, it's easy to do a punch list there because there's no crazy stuff. It's all new stuff. But then the old part of the house, it's like, what is this? What's that? Kind of like you're talking about the, you know, vinyl side and over pine. You know, we're just finding all kinds of different stuff. Sockets don't want to fit, and you take off a, you want to change a light switch out because it's it's grungy and it's like. Oh, it's just sitting in that box with, you know, braided wire. We're going to have to, that kind of stuff. Um, getting it, yeah, nothing much. It's just a bunch of, you know, just a bunch of stuff. So it takes about three more days and probably about $500 worth of thresholds, light switch covers, another light here and there, smoke alarms. So just the usual, just knickknack stuff and get it done. So you're at the finish line. Yeah, we're there. It, we're there. Uh, Did you tell me furnace? You- did you tell me your budget was going to be like big numbers for that crashed house? I mean, like six figures. It, we're going to have ninety in it, right? Ninety in, in the rehab and paid 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 twenty five, so we're going to be at about one fifteen, one twenty. Okay. Um, and then we'll furnish it for about another fourteen, fifteen grand. And that's uh, Rachel's plan, Airbnb, or. No. Uh, that's no, gonna be a mid a mid sober living. Oh really? Mm-hmm. What's that word mean? Mid sober living? No, no men's. Oh, men's sober living. Men's right. with yeah. <laughs> mid a mid sober living. Yeah, it's like guys over soberish, sober curious. California sober. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll do. I think we're gonna put six beds in there, um, and rock and roll it, man. Two to a room. Two to a room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, these uh, textile mill. For some reason, the the housing was on a hill. I don't know if that was the reason how they got their power because there was close to a river ravine that gave you hydroelectric power, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Somehow Mill Hill is a word and it and it's like a stereotype. You're like working class and there's like white boy Mill Hill gangs. I mean Mm. and I think quick to scrap is part of the lexicon. Like and it's like (laughs) The rough side of town, you know, Mill Hill, and here I'm like, I moved right to it, you know. And yeah. Then, but it's right, it's central. They're always central to the thing. And I remember the Irish Channel, Irish Channel in New Orleans, that was like, um, I mean, the Irish were not a well looked upon class whenever they're digging canals and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, early 19th century. But, um, yeah, the gentrification, like re, like reigniting, coming back and 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 coming into it. And they don't, I don't think they know that exists here yet. Mm. But uh, you know, in a couple towns they do. So I take I take that back. But along seventy seven, halfway to Columbia, that's not that's not even a thing yet. Um, mm. And I, I wanted you to remind me about about that uh, about that book that was kind of transformational to you about this urban spread. I mean, it takes, mm. it takes more of an investment to go back into the center, but I just, mm-hmm. it's just kind of worth it. Now, what was it called? Do you remember what that book? Strong, strong towns. And is that a negative connotation or? Mm-mm. No. What does the strong imply? Uh, healthy, resilient, you know, built to withstand change. Um, and is that the, rallying around the center? So, so the the concept's kind of like if you if you look at like old photos, if you go look like just any town USA, you know the 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 picture of it from 1850 is like train track and shack next to yeah. train track, and then there's train track shack and another shack, and then like 20 years later there's like train shack train train track bank you know leaning shack and then anyways everything just gets built up right there but what there's finally and you fast forward like the first 50 years of kind of development and it's just a row of like you know two-story buildings that are pretty much going to be going to be there for the next 150 years but they'll be different things the bank will turn into a hotel the hotel will turn into a restaurant the restaurant turn back into a bank the bank will turn into a bar and it's just like the apartments and they, they keep changing things out. They keep rebuilding things, you know, keeping it, keeping the, the, the bones the same because they're built well, but they repurpose the bill is right there by the train track. And then cheap money comes along and it says, no, we're going to go build the, the office depot that looks like an office depot. And it won't ever be anything but office depot or Taco Bell won't ever be anything but Taco Bell because we have so much cheap money and so much cheap land. We just start spreading. Yeah. And so that's all that's all fine and good until you start thinking about what the urban sprawl is, is you've got 
roads and sewer and water line and power lines that you literally look at the tax base and you got to divide it by the mileage, like how much mileage it is. And so where you might have, you know, uh, one, one, one person can pay for, uh, you know, a hundred feet of, 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 of of plumbing somewhere like in the city. Now it's going to take, you know, one person's going to have to pay for a thousand feet because it's going all that, that, and so it's just that the infrastructure can't can't be paid for. The building, the initial building's cheap, but the ongoing, all that stuff. The hidden costs, basically, to the tax base. Yeah, and so we're building these things, and we're not thinking about what's this cost to maintain it. So it's not just now that the citizens got to pay more because it's going farther, but now we've got to have more workers. So I mean, our tax is this death spiral, is what it is. It's not like a bad thing; it's a horrible thing. Um, so like Flint, Michigan. Jackson, Mississippi, they're not wrong. They're early. Like St. Louis, it's, it's happening everywhere. It's going to happen everywhere. I mean, New Orleans is happening right now where all the money runs out, tax base runs out, and this infrastructure just can't be maintained. And once that happens, so that's the strong town concepts. Come back to a center, stop sprawling. I mean, we're seeing it just in Mississippi right now. You know, we're like the newer places, Brandon, are now like not as cool and nice and everything's going to Madison. Well, Madison just got one up. Glugstat just went beyond it. And so it's like, it just continues to and happen. In the cool factor or swank factor? Just in the not, in the, in the distance from Jackson factor, you know, get farther away from Jackson, but still close enough to. Um, so, and so the guy's like, hey, that's all fine until you know, this money's running out. We got, we got this deficit. We're starting with T's now, you know, like we can't just keep running up these, you know, trillions of dollars of deficits to go build, build, build highways and, you know, uh, interstates, water lines, whatever it is. So um, the hope is that things will come back into the middle, but I don't know that'll really happen, honestly. Seems like somebody, I think some municipal people and politicians probably just are counting, counting property taxes. I'm like, yeah, that's great. They may not even be aware of it. I don't know. But he talks a lot about like, there's a Strong Towns Facebook page, but like they're always complaining on the Facebook page about just like the, the idea of a strode, like a street road, like where you can't walk up and down. There's no pedestrian-based stuff. You've got these like six-lane roads where animals and people can't can't cross like basically interstates that aren't that aren't interstates but like these major roads through the town they just cut everything off they cut business off and like one traffic light or one turn can change the whole dynamic of, of like a part of a city they mm -hmm. just shut it off um anyways it's they just offer an answer i mean i mean somebody's got to take some political will and the reinvestment it's gonna be more expensive to develop and create some some density and they, they they do they do try to provide solutions but it's normally um these city planners normally aren't city planners they're normally not like you know really sociologists or whatever people who think about like how things should flow they're normally just you know put up a traffic light and widen the road he talks a lot about like you know these this idea of you know widening roads and making more roads and how we we somehow equate we've, we've figured out that that's like saves um time and therefore is more efficient it's like that's ridiculous like so like people should just hopefully work where they are and not get in the car because 
because they're traveling, you know, now two hours instead of three hours. That's more that saves money. It's like that's ridiculous. And that's how the government's always justified doing this new project, this new thing. It's like we're going to save money. We're going to save time because we're, we're cutting the traffic down from you know four hours to two hours. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I guess what I what I like about it the most is just is just realizing that these places that we're seeing failure aren't bad places necessarily, but it's going to happen pretty much everywhere. You know, things are always going to want to go to the newer, nicer. Yeah. And eventually that's going to stop because like right now we're seeing it right now. I mean, they're, they're building for Mississippi. It's expensive as heck, like 2000 square foot houses that are selling for 600 grand. An average Mississippian can't buy that. Like, I mean, the cost of construction is just overwhelming. Yeah. So it will stop at some point. They're going to have to repurpose stuff. To bring affordability and start um, creating smaller footprints for residential purpose. Yeah, I mean we're seeing it right now. You know where Jackson's talking about letting mobile homes come in. I mean they're letting mobile homes come into a city. It's because you can't go build an affordable product. Mm -hmm. You just can't do it. Um, I can't wait to see what uh, the AI transformation does for this low-level type jobs that are going to get. What's that person going to do? I mean, it, I, I think it's going to happen. I mean, people that take notes and memos, I don't know how many jobs like that there are, but I can just see them getting taken down pretty early in the, in the iteration. I don't know. I've heard a pretty good argument for like, you know, the, we think about the new technology is going to decimate jobs, but that's always happened whether it was the, the machine gun or the, the, the spin and Jenny mm -hmm. or the steamboat, like there's like technology is not new. There's always been technology and it's going to destroy and create jobs. Um, yeah. Spin and Jenny, uh, they produced the people to take it out, but just yeah. created a boom. <laughs> Remember that podcast? <laughs> kind of went the wrong like, way. For so <laughs> we're going to need more. People. We need more. We need yeah. more. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess you're right. There's the two sides of it. I mean, I'd love to see fast food restaurants just be dominated by robots and, and kiosks. I mean, who really, who wants to do that job? I'm telling you, I, I gave I gave my uh, rallies to go order when we went to Christmas at the, in the Oaks at New Orleans. I gave it to a robot. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was a damn sight better than my previous experiences at rallies. Yeah. It was. <laughs> did you say without pickles? I said, yes, I did. <laughs> I think it's going to be cool, man. I really do. Um, Yeah, I think if we're looking at headwinds that are going to hurt the economy or hurt hurt people as a whole, I'm not sure that AI is, is on my top top of my list. Yeah, let's hear it. Over just like, you know, f food shortages, uh, weather patterns changing, uh, the drug problems that we got right now, the cartels taking over, forcing immigration. I mean, that whole immigration mess right now is just a cartel problem. Like that has nothing to do with people wanting to leave nice places. That has people needing to leave like cartel, drug, crime-fueled, dirty government places. Yeah. So they're coming here. Um, 
I think they just all glom on and push over any kind of physical barrier. They're like, no, nah, we're coming. Yeah. Like just. I don't really understand that. Honestly, I, I don't understand. I mean, like I'm not a, I'm not a wall builder. Um, yeah, I'm not pushing that real hard, but I don't understand why there's not one. Like, I don't understand. Like, what, what are we, like, we just shut it down. Like, I don't understand to come it over. Like we've let something like Denver's got like 40,000, uh, you know, whatever they're called refugees or whatever they've just, they just showed up there in the past couple months. It's like, how do you let 40,000 people across? Like, that's not an accident. Like someone's allowed that. I don't understand if you don't have money or a visa or family, like, what are you even doing? Letting them come over. Now, maybe I'm cold blooded. I don't know, but I just, I don't really understand it. Um, well, I think that's going to be a bigger social net. I mean, what's that? It's going to, burden the social safety net at the very yeah. least yeah and i don't i love i love immigration i think we should do more of it i just think that, i just don't think it should be a problem i think right. we should organize it and we should do it right or it shouldn't happen right. like this whole idea like we're sending them we're putting them on a bus and we're sending them to new orleans or new york like what do you what is that even, i can't i can't fathom just the idiocy like what is this crap Either register them, send them to a place, let them do it right, or don't let them across. I don't understand the in-between. It seems like yeah. manufactured. It seems like, I don't know. I mean, we're in a populist phase. I mean, the, the political cartels, they don't want to communicate. It's all like theater. To, to, I mean, I think I think that move to send those people to Martha's Vineyard was just the, <laughs> the, theater. Yeah. It speaks Spanish, but now I speak Portuguese because that's what the workforce speaks up here. Oh, so yeah, AI. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about AI. I'm really looking forward to the kind of stuff that's gonna. I think I think some of these companies that have have you know, Chat GPT and and Bing. I think they're gonna have some 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 headwinds fighting off these lawsuits where they're just stealing people's stuff, you know, and just reprinting it, reusing it, even if it's just the context of something or kind of, but um, yeah, you can't do that. There, there are, there are laws about that. So I think there's going to be a lot of those kind of issues. I mean, man, it's going to change so many, so many different jobs. I mean, whether it's lawyering or librarian or, you know, just data storage, um, data retrieval, it's going to change a lot. I mean, librarian, how is that even going to be a, like, I've got a friend who's got a degree. He's a professional librarian. Like, how will that even be a thing in five years? Like, I don't even think it's a thing now. I think they just keep him around because he's really interesting. <laughs> like, the uh, library in, in York County is like uh, the ad hoc homeless shelter. <laughs> the, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Books. I mean, they were like, in, they're all sitting on the floor. The backpacks were around them. I mean, it's close to the bus station. <laughs> and you're like, I told you you couldn't come in here. It's just like this. <laughs> then they they were like pretending to get a book. <laughs> oh, no, I'm over here looking for great expectations. I know it's around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they like caught my gaze real fast and like <laughs> thwarted my gaze. Yeah. Don't you see the sign says public library? <laughs> Here's my library card. Yeah, Jackson's losing all of our libraries, man. We're tearing them down either due to flood or misuse. I mean, it's really sad. I don't, 
I don't know who said it, but somebody said you can tell a society by its libraries. Um, and we're not we're not doing a good job in Jackson at all. We're we're failing on a lot of fronts, and that's one of them. But once more, if you don't have a tax base that can take those buildings cost a lot of money to maintain. I mean, it's it's not just a I think that's the thing, you know, Dallas Ketchum used to always tell me is like homes are under constant threat of like active deterioration. Like they're it's active. It's not it's not static. But it's just constantly happening. These homeowners need to realize that it's going to cost money, whether it's a rental or the private residence, to maintain that house. Oh, and there's yeah. a number, you know, three to four to five percent. We don't know what it is for everybody, but there's a number that you have to keep you have to put in there just to keep it that way. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, we've got a million dollar building today and the and it and, and inflation's two percent and it's gonna cost me five percent. That means I need like seven grand a year the first year to take care of it. Next year I need you know, 10,000 10, because of inflation. I mean, I've constantly needed, it's, it's going up, up, up. It's not just a one and done. So, and you're saying that it's going to take that for municipal buildings as well. Anything. That's what you're exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why our courthouses are failing. That's why the courthouses used to be these big, ornate, beautiful, like, wow, that looks awesome. And now it's like nondescript, red brick, one story, flat TPO roof, get it, get it done, you know? Right. Uh, another thing I want to bring up is is affordable housing. We kind of know about the dumb money sitting around, it's too scared to get off the, the starting blocks. I mean, and there are I know I know Wally has floated that you know let's create affordable housing. Let's let's take the hand take it out of the hand, bankers' hands and create an ecosystem to where the dumb money funds affordable housing people that that need funding right you know that dynamic you know what i'm talking about mm, i mean i, I yeah so i mean yeah, what are the problems, what are the problems i just i just heard that? i just was listening to a cat talking about just the massive amount of uh equities that the boomer generation the baby boomers are are holding on to and they this cat said that if the boomers sold out of the, the, the equity markets, they they could crash the stock market. They're holding up like eighty percent of equities is held by people in that generation. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm just wondering if there could be like some kind of uh, propaganda machine that got them to invest in their fellow man or the next generation to like be you know still get what what they need, but create uh, some kind of equity source for funding the next people. I don't know. I mean, I don't even understand the stock market, to be honest with you. Like, I don't understand it, investing in anything that doesn't give me a dividend. Like There's dividend stocks, but it's pretty meager. Like 20% of stocks have a dividend, and they're not yeah. they're about average of 7 to 8%. That's right. I mean, the good ones, the best ones. But yeah, this other, you know, 70% that's just growth or hopium like they hope it grows i don't i don't understand that yeah uh, i mean the good portfolios can expect like a five percent year over year return yeah not return i guess it's a return that when you unpark it when you take it out of there you gotta pay taxes on it in whatever stage of life you're in yeah but yeah i never it's like uh betting on the orange juice not the orange yeah, and that, that was McElroy's. That was his thing, saying, 
uh, with Bezos in the real estate game, he's taken the last investment, mm-hmm. real investment for the common man. I mean, what's what's Bezos? Is what's his angle? What's he really trying to do? Is he trying to be helpful? Is he really trying to take over the world? And like, I mean, like, what's like? I just think it's a real asset class that has a bunch of room for him to get involved. And you put your hundred dollars up with, I forget what it's called, Bezos's uh, Hope or Horizon or whatever, a real estate fund. And yeah, they're they're buying a ticket to rent forever. They're gonna they're gonna put their money in these funds, and then they're never gonna be able to buy a house. That's <laughs> what it's gonna be. Yeah, they you're they've made a derivative out of his fund. They contribute to his fund where they get no tax advantages of, I think, real property owner ownership like depreciate. I don't think they get depreciation or anything like that. It's it's a derivative. It's a piece of paper on yeah. their returns. I don't know. So I I think the new crowd needs to get off TikTok and you know <laughs> bear down and get something go out as far as they can stand or get in as close as they can stand to a some kind of center some kind of transportational mm-hmm. hub with a tax base with schools for that they're going to have kids and put down some money on a house to be real honest yeah. I mean, that was, that's what built the wealth is that one day you pay off your house. I mean, that was the dream. One day it's over. Torture, mortgage certificate. So, yeah, migration and the millennials. Um, I don't know if they're focused on home ownership. I'm not sure. Like, I think they should be. I don't know if they're aware of the stakes that are in motion. And that's the appeal to these companies that, that let them buy a fractional portion of something is like they, they don't want to go buy a house. They don't know where they want to be, but they want exposure to real estate, kind of like a Bitcoin ETF. Like, eh, I don't want to buy the coin. I don't know how to do this. I don't know where I'd store it, cold storage, wallet, online, whatever. But this ETF that I can get on Robinhood. And so they got exposure. But once more, it's a derivative. It's not the thing. It's not. Yeah. It's not the goal. It's not the miner. It's a stock about the gold and the miner. Oh. I don't know. I was thinking about something the other day, though, how like, you know, thank God we're not all kind of going to the same beat, like, because we need tenants. I need traveling salespeople. I need people that are in between homes and our sober living houses require people that are trying to get sober at the, at the beginning of a new stage in their life, very late in life, you know, and how it's like, I don't know. I used to run around and tell everybody they need to invest in real estate. Like you got to get in real estate. You got to get in real estate. And after doing it for a decade, I'm like, I don't know, man. Do whatever you want to do. Like, yeah, right. It, it's probably going to eat you alive, honestly, because you got to be crazy. You got to be crazy. Put to your get two million into one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough. It's hard. And being a, being an asset owner, being somebody who actually has like, I mean, like I sleep pretty good at night, but still, man. I mean, you know, I got a lot of debt. I got a lot of people that depend on me when the power goes out or the water goes out and I can't control it at all. I still get those calls. I still worry about those people. You know, when a hurricane's coming, I know you're like, Oh man, you can't stop the hurricane. That doesn't stop you from caring about those people. And that's a lot of pressure, dude. And and people don't think about that. Uh, They shouldn't think about that. They should, you know, that's a, it's a different breed of, of person. 
Um, yeah, I got accused of not knowing about a blackout. How can you not know about that? <laughs> you didn't know about the boil advisory? Yeah. Yeah, I had to go to urgent care. Not satisfied. I was like, I'm sure I was a dick. Like, you know, I didn't see but one person in the lobby, <laughs> and I was just poking my head out of the door, like, I'm, I'm, I'm mentally prepared for the X right now, and then they just let me <laughs> sit in that MF. Yeah. And that's what you, if you don't go to the emergency room, you go to urgent care. I mean, they, they've made it convenient, but the radiologist was off site. So they emailed my images to somewhere to get, uh, and still the MD came in later and said, you know, you got a distal radial, distal radial fracture. I was like hoping for a sprain. Come on, sprain. Yeah. That's well, that's crazy. Was, they, they emailed your they emailed your your X ray somewhere else. Yeah, India. What? No, does it got to go yeah. to India? <laughs> Some AI bot. Like, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I can't see it from India. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the realization on. Anytime I go anywhere, like I always feel like, like insurance claims, like anything, health, property. I'm in the back of my mind of like, you're just one step above being totally on your own. Mm -hmm. I really do think that it's. I don't know how it used to be, but I definitely feel like it. I'm, I'm going it alone, without. Yeah some big time being employed by some big corporation who's uh, got network advantages, but that's, uh, I guess that's what I've chosen. Well, how's your new world stuff doing? Uh, fine. And do you get, do you get appliances worked on anymore? Yeah. There's a couple of these people that have you went through a lot of appliance repairman, or is we've it got, more we've got we got one company that's doing some decent stuff, and I, I hate it, but we we give it a shot. We do. Do you get do you get five year warranties on all your appliances? Mm, we, we normally do. Yeah, the new stuff we buy, but I mean the, the stuff that's getting worked on is normally is normally pretty old. Let me not have a warranty. And what kind of charge is he, is he charged to go even look at it? Yeah, he's charging a hundred bucks to change out a, a motor or something, a belt on a on a washing machine. Um, the refrigerators. I, I'm not. I'm not really able to repair refrigerators. Normally, they last until they crap out. It's normally washers, dryers, hot water heaters, and stoves is what I have the most problems with. And the uh, Korean or, or other stuff, have you got one of those? Uh, have you ordered an appliance off of Amazon yet? Mm -mm. 
I got an ice maker off of Amazon with a warranty. And they pretend to pair you up with the local service provider, but they I'm not convinced that that exists. <laughs> they basically give you your money back. Yeah. That's what their warranty consists of, is giving you your money back. So have you found the loop? Is this the, is this the ticket? <laughs> Just keep buying things and sell them. And I need my money back. <laughs> I need my money back. <laughs> you have no local here. You will never verify that my ice machine is broken. Oh, you're talking to somebody right in the middle of China, like with <laughs> very good English. <laughs> That's working the graveyard shift. Like, yeah, all right, give them their money back. But warranties, they're not. I was like, can you just send it? I got a warranty. I got a Lowe's warranty or something. I wanted to go with the reputable company. Mm -hmm. It's like, it says you're listed with Lowe's. Can you get them to send you this one? They're like, uh, you can try, but they don't send they don't send those to us, <laughs> right? So I think if you get a if you get a decent part and different decent. A refrigerated compressor, you're good. But if it's a lemon, you got to fight uphill. So, uh, yeah, man, I got a bunch of ACs. I'm just waiting for those shoes to fall. But I, I'm, we're getting out. We're, we're, I think we're going to liquidate that one that we've, we got the tax, uh, 121, that primary residence, uh, tax advantage. I think that one's going to go bye-bye I, I guess the emotion's over mm -hmm. i think the i think the geographic distance has helped don't quite feel what went into it yeah you ever think of you still buy and hold all the way or would you liquidate anything i don't think so I mean, if it was trouble, I might. You got insurance problems? Like, I don't know that I'm properly insured either, though. I mean, we're doing so much different stuff, whether it's Airbnb or sober living. Like our insurance guy, we're just doing fire and hazard, you know, fire and wind, hail, fire and wind and hail, whatever. That is the plus of private lending is they're not holding your feet to the fire on it. Yeah. Um, you know, if we had a crackhead like set his room on fire, you know, and like, what's going on in here? You got six people in here, and one of them set the room on fire. Like, I don't know, I don't really know, what, I don't, I don't think that would happen. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it'd be fine. What do you mean? Maybe you'd get covered. I mean, it's a fire. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, and the insurance companies, if they can find a way to get out, they they will. Um, right. But no, but we're not having like crazy wind, you know, policies go up or anything or crazy flood policies. Not yet. Um, I think Bezos could definitely beat the little man out just on that little wrinkle. Well, I mean, my goal all has always been to get a certain number of properties that's going to give me some cash flow and not necessarily invest in the best, greatest markets where I you know, have the, the, the prettiest portfolio. It's always just been cash flow mm -hmm. and some freedom. 
I think he did that for a few years and then decided he didn't want to go all the way South Jackson. You know, exactly. There's, yeah. There's a limit to my love. Yeah. You start learning. You start, you start learning like, okay, cash flow is not everything. I mm -hmm. want to make some. Um, I don't know, but I'm really, really, I'm really, really pumped about this, this sober living stuff. Um, I mean, if we, if we finally set a goal. Well, we've got a, a mid, a midterm goal and a longer term goal. Um, but if I could, if I could make this work and bring in some kind of private lender, or some other kind of partner, and go to a different market and do the same thing, I get fifty to seventy-five beds set up here, and then go someplace else get fifty to seventy-five beds. I mean, the business is there; it's definitely there. Um, and there's going to be more and more of it. But you know, just going out and finding random rentals, like I just don't see the cash flow for random yeah. rentals. I mean, I always see you got to do some kind of you know, co-living or corporate living or so some kind of extra thing to provide a service on top of just the roof. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think after these, we got, we got this project to finishing up and then we're buying another and that'll be like 38 beds. Um, I'd like to so get to 50. Wholesale? I mean, did you have to work hard on the deal? Mm, not too bad. I'm paying retail for this other house. But we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna work on it. It's in our area. It's not. It's gonna be ready to go to move in. Right. Um, but yeah, they were asking one thirty five for it. We got them down to one thirty. I mean, it wasn't. It was listed like one eighty for a long time. So it had come down. I think we'll throw we'll throw a coat of paint in the living room. But I mean, it's, other than that, that's it. No rehab. Um, it's, we'll throw, it's still labor heavy. Your operation pretty labor heavy still. Vetting intake and out out go. Yes, but I think it, at at like sixty beds, I'll be able to have just one full time person. That's a a a, a fifteen dollar an hour person. So, um, yeah, I think. Where are you now? 30, 38, 38 wow. beds. And you really ramped that up inside of what a year and a half? Not even a year. That's amazing. Yeah. And we haven't even done the things I thought I was going to have to do. I thought I was going to have to do outreach, like go to these different treatment centers, talk to these people. Like right now, they're calling us, the few local places. So it's like, man, I could go get 10 houses and do outreach and get people to come in here. Outreach meaning go to like Mendenhall has got a treatment center, but there's no sober living down there. So go down there and, and talk to them. Like, hey, I want to talk to your guys and you know, pass out some pamphlets, tell them who we are, show them the cool city life. You know, and bring them up here. <laughs> Let them come for six months to a year and get on their feet. Because what are they going to do in Mendenhall? Go hang out in the meth trailer? You know, there's nowhere to go. So go out to these places where there might be a treatment center, but not a big urban kind of setting and bring them into Fondra. Man, there's jobs, transportations, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, is Jackson unique for that operation or is being kind of not super expensive yet having some that's what line. makes it work yeah i mean it's, it's that it's that gray area neighborhood the transition in neighborhood yeah where there's the jobs the cool stuff and we get kind of where you are is that down in new orleans is the same kind of thing i mean you know not super super just super nice but not gangster either i mean it is nice it's, it's amazing um but you know it's not magazine or whatever it's not crazy stuff um yeah, it's got public, trans, public transit, public transportation, 
jobs, near some hospitals, near some AA meetings. Um, and then away from people that are like super like nimbyism, you know, the, the, the hardcore Heathers or Nancy's or whatever the fuck they're called, like getting away from them because they're going to complain about anything, you know, like, yeah. oh, my God, they, did you see their pants? You know, like even if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, they're going to complain. So just getting away from them. And Fondren's perfect for that. Jackson's perfect for that. So I was thinking about Coeur Leanne. I think your, you know, your friend was up there. It's like, you know, it'd be worth going and seeing I, th I think you just got to visit a location, you know, but a big thing is if you're going to do kind of sober living, you got to be around some kind of AA or NA or treatment center hub where people can get to some meetings. It can't be out in the middle of nowhere. It can't be like if we were talking about the strong towns. It can't be across the road, you know, where they can't get from A to B. It's got to be in the middle of something. And one of those things needs to be close to meetings. So, yeah. And not every place got meetings. No, they don't. Mm -hmm. Are people getting off meth? That seems to be the uh, big topic of taking people down. Do people get off of it? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. That's, you see those people? Is there a drug of choice on people that are getting their life back together? Or is I it, mean, the, we're seeing the, the opiate thing is legit. The opiate the opiate crisis is real. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got you got kids and you know little guys and girls that are you know football players or cheerleaders or something that are 16 17 years old and they get on pain medication and by the time they're 28 they're shooting heroin you know their life they, they dropped out of college they don't know what happened and if you start talking to them it's like well yeah i was i was playing baseball or i was working with my dad and fell off a ladder you know what i'm saying like those things happen you get on pain medication and uh, then the doctor gives you, you know, a year's worth because the pain persists for some reason and they cut you off. It's like, well, what do you do? Um, so that, that, that is, that's a real thing that is, that is happening. Um, and then the, the, the fentanyl is, is the next thing. So like, you know, the, the cartel is, is, is like, um, I mean, it's the biggest business in the world that like that we don't even really pay attention to it. It's no investors or anything that we see. It's just this stuff going on. And anyways, their business is to, is to sell things to the black market. Well, fentanyl, where it used to just be in, um, just like selling it in heroin or other opiates. Now they're putting it in all kinds of stuff because it's so addictive. And so you're having kids that are like, they're smoking a joint and it's laced with fentanyl. Because that person's like, like th those weird stories you hear about in the eighties and nineties were like, nobody's putting LSD in an apple. Like who would waste LSD? Like, well, now those things are happening. It's like, well, somebody's putting fentanyl in this stuff. So people are falling over dead, smoking a joint. People are falling over dead, eating some Molly, you know, doing a line of cocaine. It's like, well, in fact, I can't remember who it was. It might've been, um, oh, Justin Towns Earl. Like apparently he died doing cocaine that was laced with fentanyl. Um, he was, anyways, a musician that, that he knew better, you know, he knew better than to do shit like that. Um, so, so you're seeing this weird stuff in other drugs and it's just, it's, it's fatal. It's really box. But yeah, that's all, that's all under the opiate flag to me. Is that kind of the, is that the king? It should, it should be, but people, but people are dying that the, they don't think they're even doing opiates. You know, they, they went to a rave and they wanted to get some Molly. And the guy who was pressing the molly put fentanyl in it because fentanyl is so addictive. He knows you're going to come back yeah. to get to get some more of that. So that's the, that's the scary thing. Um, 
but you wouldn't. So opiates are your biggest customers, people trying to get back on track. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's probably it's probably over half. I mean, you still got a you still got you know twenty percent of people are just still good old fashioned alkies, just alcoholics. You don't see a lot of them, but there's still those people out there. I mean, I had a guy that was just drinking straight hand sanitizer, man. Like, what are you doing, dude? He's like, it's great. It's cheap. Oh, it smells fresh. Nobody <laughs> ever suspects anything. You know, just you know, really? and take, their, take their damn hand sanitizer. Well, you know, when COVID came around, they were just started putting these gallon jugs everywhere. Oh, yeah. 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 So he, he got he got a hold of it one time. He freaking likes it. But I mean, he's not smoking any, he's not doing any heroin. He's not smoking any crap. He just wants that hand sanitizer dog. It's like, <laughs> it's like chia pudding. So you still see some of those, some of those guys. Um, I think my new friends, they seem to manage their addiction. I mean, but they're high all the time. And it's like, you know, how long you been awake? About two weeks. And you're like, you're what? Two weeks? Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to go. Meth is the thing here. It's the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Cheap, long, burning. That's a performance enhancing drug. I mean, that thing was created during World War II to to, to get everybody jazzed up. You know, you know go out there. We're and gonna focus, take over man. Poland. Yeah, yeah, drive that plane into that aircraft carrier, man. Yeah. Like, just fly 14 hours and then go. I think it was Japan that created it, but Germany definitely got the news. Perfected it, right? I mean, it, but it was a performance-enhancing drug. It wasn't a fun drug. It was a thing to make you and, – and then the Derek cans and the truck drivers and everything they found out. I was like, dude, I can make – this is part of my resume. Like, I have yeah. to be able to stay up for 20 hours and get to work. Mm-hmm. They can do it. So. And as far as your knowledge, do you, is – are those things as addictive as opiates? I don't think they are, but I kind of have limited knowledge. Um, it's really interesting, man. Like, I, if you'd asked me like five years ago, I would tell you that certain drugs have a certain level of of, of addiction, um, like alcoholism. Maybe like ten to fifteen percent of people. Uh, you know, speed, maybe like 40 to 50% of people get addicted to it. Like opiates, I would say that you know, 80% of people that take opiates are going to get addicted to stuff. But now, like having been around, actually learned about it um, and seen some, some research, it's pretty much all across the board, like 10 to 15% of people get addicted to stuff. There's plenty of people that go in, take fentanyl in the hospital or take opiates in the hospital and go home and they're done with it. It's just a wrap. Um, what really causes addiction is underlying trauma. There's some kind of pain going on there. Yeah, and so the addiction pops up in all kinds of things. It comes up in shopping, comes up in sex, comes up in opiates, comes up in alcoholism. It comes in whatever we get our hands on and it's kind of you know, the soup du jour that we kind of enjoy. But the, the real thing is this pain and it's like we're trying to cover it up. And so you know, 10, 15% of people might have that pre-existing pain and so they keep using stuff. But um, something I've I'm learning still. Um, but that's a prerequisite kind of trauma perceived, real or perceived or for real addiction. I mean, yeah. So this guy back in like, uh, I think it was early 2000. He, he, there was always this, there was this, this concept where they would, uh, or this, this experiment where they take rats and there's a commercial, they take rats and they put them in a box and they put cocaine or heroin in it. And they're like, this is what, 
this is what a drug addiction looks like. And it was like on the news or on TV where the rat would yeah, be hit the rat, the thing, hit the like, thing, hit the thing, like killed over. He'd, he'd fall over dead, right? That rat has some trauma, like underlying mommy issues. Well, no, he, there's a guy who looks at that and he says, you know, there's always the same. There's one rat in a cage <laughs> with just this heroin, right? So he says he tries a different experiment. He puts the heroin, the same drip, the same thing, but he creates like a, he, we call it Rat City, Rat Park. They've got slides, they've got company, they've got friends, they've got things to do. They're having sex, they're eating, they're doing different things. And he'd take one of these rats that was in this isolated place and then throw them into Rat City. And like 90% of the time, they quit doing the heroin. No shit. Yeah. So this idea of like these drugs are so addictive, it's like, no, it's your environment is so hellish. Right. You've got nothing better to do. And so you're like, okay, so we're locking people up, we're throwing them in jail, and we're expecting them like, this has got to work. This has got to make it, them stop. It's like, no, it makes them do more and more and more. The further people, isolates them. Yeah, people are happy. <clears throat> people are happy and good. And then people are going to do drugs no matter what, man. Like, I mean, right. that's another thing is like, I mean, you even see like there's fruit bats and there's elephants and there's monkeys that like to get intoxicated. Like getting intoxicated is a completely natural thing. I see my kids get on anime and I kind of recognize it. I see their eyes like, <laughs> like they're yeah. getting it. Well, even, even as the bat, like spinning around, is like, it's getting dizzy when we were kids or eating sugar. I mean, like, Y'all are junk anime junkies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the point of sober living is give people a place and environment where they can find a life worth engaging, you know? I feel like it's good work, right? It's I mean, cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, I about broke down to tears, man. There was this kid that moved in and he was like, he couldn't hardly, he's a country dude, man. He's moved from like Greenville, Mississippi, came in here, didn't have anybody, didn't know anybody. He's been in our house. I didn't really think he was going to do much. Or, or anyways, he was walking out of the house the other day, new set of clothes on and a, and a, and a name tag. He just got a job at City Gear, which is like a, an urban clothing oh, store. He was, he was like, I was like, I mean, I started tearing up, dude, because I didn't oh, yeah. think he chance in hell you know how long does the turnaround take it's probably about three months so there's a month of just like him just and i've been picking him up taking him to his doctor's offices and you know doing some small stuff with him and it's hard to understand him but like slowly he's you get a little more articulate you know he's, he's on time a little more now he's got a freaking job you know this guy's been just sitting in a trailer out in greenville drinking for the past 15 years you know that's it not working not doing anything and now he's like Man, this is kind of cool, you know. Wow! To see the lights come on is is pretty awesome. That is great. Uh, so, plenty of room for that stuff. Is there any way to yeah. subvert the incarceration with something like you got as what part of mean? the probation deal? Like, you must attend sober living. I mean, does somebody have to volunteer for your operation, or can they be politely asked to go to it? We have both. We have both. We have people who are calling us up saying, hey, where I'm living right now is no good. I need to be in a safe environment. Do you all have any beds? We're saying, yep. And then we got probation officers who are saying, I've just, I got a guy that needs to stay in your house for three years for him to, or for three months to be in, you know, compliance of our, his probation agreement. Do you have a bed? Yeah. Okay. So the product's the same. Like what, what reason they came there could be different, but it's the same product. I mean, it seems like you're going to feel good about those endeavors even though you're making money, I think you guys are putting in the work. Yeah. So you got, could you get to your 60 beds in another under a year? Absolutely. 
Yeah. Then what happens after that? You got one employee, then do you keep going? I think I would like to get to a different market. I think I would. Just to hedge or I don't not know, do saturate? The same, do the same thing. Um, Just for fun? See if you can do it recreate it? No, not, not necessarily for fun. I mean, you got to do something to be engaged. I don't know. I do know right now that, that I was listening to a guy who was, who was talking about success and um, he gave a, he gave a, a, a mathematical equation. He said, you know, F times F times E equals S. And the first F is, is your focus. The second F is your faith in yourself to produce it. Not faith in the thing, but like faith, like can this thing work? And then E is, is your effort. There's like, you know, if you've got, if you say you're going to put 50% of your focus into something, of all your available focus, you can put 50% into it. And you've got 50% faith that you can do it. And you're going to do 50% effort. He said, you're, you always just hang it up because you got a 20% chance of hitting your goal. Like, you know, 50 times 50 times 50 is not, you know, it's 20%. It's horrible. Um, and what's anyways, the equation you, again? What's the math? <clears throat> That well, the the the, the uh, I don't know if it's F a, times F, F times F times E equals S. So it's it's your focus times your faith and whatever endeavor it is times your effort. Then your know, focus and effort are different. You know, I can focus on something but kind of lacklusterly yeah. approach it. Yeah. And I started thinking about that. I was like, I'm going to get these. I'm going to like I'm not looking at tax free income. I'm not looking at new builds. I'm not looking at flips. I'm not looking at anything. I want to put you know, 75% across the board of all those things into the, getting these 50 beds and just stopping. I'm not looking right. at anything else because right. it's just, I see that, you know, I, I know that it's fun to do different projects and do different things, but it's like, man, I'm, I'm opening up a sober living house, open remodeling an Airbnb and doing a new construction home all at the same time. It's like, man, my focus is way, it's all real estate, but it's yeah. like, um, and as soon as I had that clarity, it was like, okay, that's it. That's that's what when I'm When did you get on. that? Well, since last time we talked? Yeah. Sounds yeah. Well, you and I, you and I, you, we got turned on to uh so listening to Larry talk, uh that 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 video you shared with me, it kind of it kind of drew me back into the Cameron Herald's vivid vision concept. Um and he 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 co-wrote a book with uh with Hal Elrod, uh The Millionaire Morning entrepreneur addiction edition anywho he's big on vision he's big on clarity he's big on like isolating you know, get the get the get the goal get the timeline get the things done you got to get done and cut everything else out just cut it all out um and it's it's, it's helping like today i went to wally's thing he had a meet up there were about 20 people having breakfast so we did the whole go around the room and like what do you have? What do you need? And everybody had something and everybody needed something. It was like, I don't really need anything unless you got like, I, I don't need anything <laughs> today. You know, like I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I got to get these two houses up and running. I got one more coming online in like a month. That's it. Like, I don't need anything. And said this panic, like I need a deal. I, my IRA sitting there. It's like, fuck it. My IRA sitting there. It's just cool. You know, like, right. I'm not worried about it. So. Oh, that's cool. I feel some, focus in it right now yeah yeah some focus should i try sober living my little three bedroom that i don't know what to do with 
that I fell out of the ladder on. Is there is there are there any meetings around there? How would I check? Um, just going into like whatever town it is, searching like what's the name of the town? Great Fort, South Carolina. Great Falls, South Carolina. Falls. I mean, there's a there's a lot of different types of uh, you know group housing that's needed, um, but yeah, with a little bit of research, you can definitely find something out that's 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 needed there. Would you do AA meetings? AA meetings near me is on the quick search, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It looks, looks like over in Chester, there might be one. Al-Anon. Where is uh, number four Underwood Avenue in relation to where you are? It's right near my place. Four Underwood Avenue is close to you? Yep. Yeah. Go talk to him and ask. Mm. Yeah, you can you can go ask him. You can go to a meeting and just say, hey man, does anybody here have a sober living house? You know of any? Oh, I'll try to find some treatment centers that are around there. Yep. I could I could write you a list of like check these three things out like look for drug and alcohol treatment centers that are in a twenty minute vicinity of your of where you are. Um, it definitely definitely work. I would try something with you. I don't know what you're. What, you got a business model with partners. What street are you on? Seven West Jefferson. Six minutes by bicycle. Okay. <clears throat> so redeemed Christian recovery. Apparently, there's probably some Jesus Jesusy place that's doing some sober living. I might go by there and ask them, like, "Hey, are there any? Is there anybody doing like non-affiliated sober living around here? Is there anybody doing anything else?" But, I mean, like talking to those people is is really your first step. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're calling treatment centers. We're calling other sober living places. We're going to AA meetings, kind of getting them because we have a background. It's not that foreign. It's not that crazy to us. But those are the those are the things you got to do. 
And what's that place called? I mean, I'm going to be in town. I'm just saying, it's saying Redeemed Christian Recovery. It's a nonprofit in Chester County, South Carolina. I don't even really know. I mean, but it's the address. That's the is, county. Huh? That's, um, that's the county. Uh, this the the address is 3265 Ridgeway Road, Great Falls. Yeah, it's a pretty sad looking building, but whatever. Might not even they be get there. a new sign, huh? It might not even be there. Anymore. That's what the sign the sign says. That's on there. Yeah, redeemedcr.org. Um, but yeah, dude. I mean, I could make some calls. Like maybe call the local the uh, the county there and see. Like, is there a drug court? If there's a drug court, do you have any people who are looking for sober livings? Hmm. You know. Um. They get a um, Tuesdays, Tuesday, 6 p.m., Mount Zion Church, Great Falls. It all so sounds kind of recovery-oriented. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll check it out. Is there, any job, is there any work or any jobs available kind of close to where you are? Uh, I think they'd have to drive. I think I don't think it's walkable. Yeah. Um, how big is the house? I think I have I think I have fourteen, fifteen hundred, and then I I could pop a loft in there actually pretty easily. That I you know, you just start looking around and thinking what's possible, but I could stab some more square footage upstairs. Mm -hmm. It's got, you know, it's got a 10 by 20 attic possible. The, the kind of secret, the secret weapon that we have and we're trying to cultivate is what we call a, a, like a house manager or a house liaison, but somebody who's got some common sense that, that really wants to do the deal that likes recognition and is willing to uh to kind of be the the sheriff of the place and that's that's the big thing is finding somebody that's got some sense that can kind of hold it down knows how to dial 911 knows how to give a you know a urinalysis exam or a call when the, when the when the fur hits the fan um so that's a big that's a big part of it once you have that person it's really really easy huh. and you give them a the discount like a leader that thing can call around and bring some more people on that they yeah, want. Yeah, you give them a piece. You give them you know, give them free rent, you give them a gift card. Um or discount. I mean, a lot of these people just want to do it for recognition, honestly. And what we're saying, it's not necessarily a money making thing. It's just they've never had anybody say good job, you know. You're good at this. Um So earlier you said that um, there's going to be more of it. Is it because this is increasingly the path to success for getting off? Well, there's a lot of money out there for the op for the opiate stuff, um, and and also people are are uh, we're starting to drift more towards you know rehabilitation, and I don't want to say decriminalization, but 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 lean more leniency. 
it's kind of start people are starting to say wait a minute maybe we should put them on some some hardcore probation um, let's put them in a, an intensive outpatient treatment center but send them to prison for 10 years for a bag of methamphetamines has not been working like it's breaking families apart it's ruining lives um so maybe a policy pivot toward this being a better solution and yeah and when also the probation officers and the drug court officers and the people now are people our age like we kind of like intuitively kind of get it like maybe you should try to figure something else out you know yeah. not not saying let them go like they need to be they need to be corrected but but send somebody up the river for 15 years for like what is that um and so yeah there's a lot of people there's a lot of money floating around out there from the opiate crisis and then just from other i think there'll be more and more money as we stop fighting the drug war like we're fighting it and start fighting it with prevention trauma centers drug rehabilitation centers that kind of stuff because we need people out working we need people out there being a part of society we don't need them in there you think it costs like 60 bucks a, yeah they, well, i think it costs 60 bucks a day to house somebody in a in a in a, in a jail cell that's just a suck that's just mm -hmm. a suck on everybody you know yeah. and then never mind like the, the they're not the, productive they're not in society yeah. and they're a drain at the same time so that's a spiral in itself yeah um so right now we're not doing any of this but there's a big need for woman gets out of jail or woman gets out of probation and she's got to be clean and sober for 90 days before she can get her kids back but what the what the child services really want to see is they want to see mom living with kid in a sober environment for for 60 to 90 days a year and so those kind of houses have been on our radar but we're not doing them because like right now i'm focusing on just these single person sober living but that's a huge option with um, mom to, to have a spot for her kids yes yes so say so you guys is it public money or mom's once more calling child protective services you know, the people who are doing those things say hey i want to open up a shelter i'm thinking about opening up a house for women who are trying to get their kids back um do y'all have a need for that and they're probably gonna say yeah we've got a huge need for it are you doing it for free and you're gonna say no it's not for free the problem's not gonna be finding the clients the problem's gonna be finding either the program to pay for it or the clients that can pay for it if you call some of these places and ask, like, hey, do you need do you know anybody who needs this? They're like, yeah, we've got 30 people that need it. But it's like, do you, have, do, you have, do you have one or two people that can pay for it? Like, well, you might have one or two people. You know, like that's the thing is figuring that out. Um, so voc rehab, but like I don't know what South Carolina's got, but in Mississippi, we've got vocational rehab and they try to get people back on their feet after an injury. Well, because addiction is a medic is a is a disease. You know, they, the the AMA, the American Medical Association, sees it as a disease. If you go through a treatment center and get diagnosed with it, you can get some of these subsidies. So, like 30, 40 percent of our people are getting paid through voc rehab. We got to deal with the the government to do it, but they're not paying for it, and we're yeah. getting paid. So, um, I like it. I mean, it's a little more exciting than monthly rent yeah i don't think jeff bezos wants to do it either i don't know all right well i gotta go uh i found anya found uh had real cheap cabinets at at some of the i don't know if it's just 
we're going to drive into Charlotte and get in a whole kitchen, including the slide-in oven, the granite, uh, the forever sink, undermount sink, um, for eleven hundred bucks. What? And and the dishwasher. So I don't know if you need to tap more people or get you a trailer and start looking looking outside of your area. Where is this? This is in Charlotte, like a habitat restore. Oh. Somebody, we have one here in Jackson. I, and they were like, did you got to go to Habitat Restore? I think you might just need to put that on your daily list to call and see what's up, depending on your needs. Yeah. I don't know if you can. What are out. we getting? We're getting a bunch of uh, cabinets, just a whole kitchen full of cabinets, like the two-inch granite, like a modern darkish color, like a yeah. silica gray-black charcoal, a slide-in oven, totally decent dishwasher i don't think the cooktop is with it but uh yeah a whole bunch of stuff for 1100 bucks it came out of a kitchen somebody donated it that's right wow. and, and one of those i mean with those cast enamel coated sinks are four bills i think yeah dang dude that's a score nice and my labor finders guy he's got some his brother-in-law used to run a, a granite cabinet outfit so he built me an a-frame to stick it on the ul trailer so we're gonna check it out nice dude but anyway you know, doing it cheaper heck yeah yeah rachel got pissed on me at this one i kind of got overboard on some so i just quit shopping like we went to lowe's and got the new cabinets uh and then our granite guy went up i think we probably got probably got seven grand in cabinets sink Plumbing and um, and granite, those three things. Which a year ago I was getting it all for like four. Wow, because of the countertops. Counter countertops went up thirty percent, and then um, and we I did change the grade of cabinets. I mean, I was usually getting like the mid grade stuff, and I'm getting like the solid, uh, you know, real plywood, no no particle anything. I used to just get the the, the middle grade. Um, but we're getting, I'm getting nicer stuff just because I've been displeased with some of this, some of this other stuff. So, yeah. all right, man. Well, this is cool. I've learned stuff. I appreciate you. All right, brother. All right. Good night. Hope you feel better. Good night. Yeah. Thanks.